praise the name of the Lord. This is D.K. Grooms with Rock Solid Truth, and I'm so glad that each and every one of you have joined with us tonight. I pray that you have had a wonderful day in the Lord, and I pray that you are walking in the power of His glory, walking in the power of His might, and that you are going forth abundantly and in the power of a victor. Amen. You're the head, not the tail. More than a conqueror, praise the Lamb of God. So if you got the Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Now, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you and praise you today. Thank you, Lord, for today's message, and thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the lives of those that have gathered together today for them to have eyes to see and ears to hear. Well, thank you and praise you for what you're doing in their midst. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I will give you all the praise and all the glory. For the past couple of weeks, I have been trying to impress upon you the Word of God and that the root of all sin and the root of all sin is being out of relationship with God. I want to say that again. The root of all sin is being out of relationship with God. The basis of our action pertaining to sin is that we are not in relationship with God the way that we should be. And this is the place where the Holy Spirit is going to draw you and even convict you. This is the area that the Holy Spirit is going to deal with you concerning your place of relationship and bringing you into a relationship that you should walk as a child of God. These dealings should manifest themselves, I mean, in a million different ways, but it will always relate to relationship, and it will always relate to positiveness in that relationship. There's only one sin, and that sin is not believing in Jesus. Look at John chapter 16, verse 8. John chapter 16, verse 8. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. It's not murder that's going to send you to hell. I know people are shocked by that, but that is a reality. It is not murder that's going to send you to hell. What's going to send you to hell is not believing on Jesus. Adultery is not going to send you to hell. Not believing on Jesus is going to send you to hell. Well, someone's going to say, well, why do people murder and why do people have adultery? Because they are not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reason they do that. All of the sins of the world have been atoned for. The ransom's been paid. I need to say that again because this is powerful. All of the sins of the world have been atoned for. Jesus Christ paid the ransom. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 2. And he is the propitiation for our sins. And not all for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The only sin in the entire world that has not been forgiven is the sin of not believing on Jesus Christ. The murderer, the rapist, the molester, the child abductor, 
the adulterer, the thief, the cheat, the liar, the drunk, the drug addict, the prostitute, the rebellious. All of these manifestations, all of these are manifestations of the one sin that exists in the world today. Not believing on Jesus. Now, follow me. The religious person, the churchgoer, the tithe payer, the Sunday school teacher, the youth leader, the volunteer that is without relationship with Christ becomes guilty of the same sin of not believing on Jesus Christ if you are not born again. That is powerful. Maybe I need to say it again. The religious person, the person who goes to church every Sunday, the person who pays tithes every week, the Sunday school teacher, the youth leader, the volunteer that is without relationship with Christ becomes guilty of the same sin of not believing on Christ. This one sin makes the playing field level. All people in hell will be there because of one sin. And there will be no different degrees of sin. I need to say that again. There will be no different degrees of sin. No discussing about what you've done or the experiences that you've had. The rampant sin, the one sin that's going to put you in hell is not believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and having no relationship with him. This is powerful. I'll say it again. This levels the playing field. If all actions are sin, if all actions of sin are manifestations of not believing on him, then how is it that Christ was tempted in all points like as we are, as stated in Hebrews 4.15. Now, I need to say that again. If all actions of sin are manifestations of not believing on him, then how is it that Christ was tempted in all points, like as we are, as stated in Hebrews 4.15? Look at Hebrews 4.15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. If your outlook on sin is the manifestation of individual sin, then this scripture cannot hold true. Because Christ was not tempted with drugs. He was not tempted with alcohol. He was not tempted with corporate greed. He wasn't tempted with divorce. He was not tempted in our culture as we are tempted. But he was tempted as all people of the world have been tempted. He was tempted as Adam was tempted. Listen to the scripture. But was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. The sin of Adam was not about the tree that he partook of. The sin of Adam was not about following his wife because she wanted to have what she was not supposed to have. The sin of Adam was that he stopped trusting in what God had said. 
and he believed what this talking snake, this serpent, had to say, confirmed by his wife. That was the sin of Adam. His real sin was the sin of believing a talking snake instead of believing what God had to say. What was the temptation of Jesus? What did Satan tempt Jesus with? He tempted a hungry body to change stones into bread instead of trusting in the bread of his father's word. That's what he, that's what he tempted him with. He tempted Christ with pride. Prove that you are the Son of God and cast yourself from the pinnacle of this temple instead of trusting in the word of his Father. He tempted Christ with all the kingdoms and all the riches of this world instead of trusting in the mission of the Father which would lead him to the shame of the cross. Let's look at the scripture, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then was Christ led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward in hunger. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Most people who only believe in external things believe that the sin here in the temptation of Christ was making the stones bread. That is not true. That was what the sin was wrapped up in. That was the wrapping that was to get his attention. But the sin was not to trust in what his father had spoken. What had his father spoken? Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. Three verses earlier. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son. What did Satan say? If thou be the son of God, command these stones to become bread. The real temptation, the real sin, was not to turn the stones into bread. There was no sin in turning stones into bread. Christ could have turned those stones into bread at any time that he wanted to do that. The real temptation was proving that he was the son of God by turning these stones into bread because the Father had just said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Why does he have to prove to Satan that he's the Son when the Father had just spoken three verses earlier? For Jesus to respond to the word of Satan would have been an admission of his own insecurity to what the Father had spoken. Powerful word. Here's the temptation. Is Jesus going to respond to what his father has spoken? Or is he going to respond, react, and do something to prove to Satan that he's truly the son of God? He's at a crossroads. He has to make a choice. What's he going to do? He's going to believe in what the father has said. Jesus was Satan was tempting Jesus not to believe in God, the same way that he tempts us not to believe in God. How many times has the Lord spoken to you? I mean, directly spoken to you. 
and the next day you're reacting to what the devil has said to you. What the devil is doing to you, how the devil is maneuvering you, and it comes down to one thing. Are you going to believe what God has spoken to you? When the devil tells you that you're not healed, when the devil tells you that your body is hurting, are you going to believe what the Lord says, by your stripe, by his stripes you are healed, or are you going to react to what the devil tells you, that you're not healed? What are you going to do? It come down, comes down to one thing. Are you going to believe what God has spoken to you through his word? Are you going to believe the promise that has been given to you? Are you going to believe the word of God, or are you going to believe what the devil or somebody else, what the, or what, or somebody else that the devil is using to keep you from walking in that which has been promised? And here Christ is, 40 days without food, and here comes the cleanser. Is he going to believe what his father has said, or is he going to believe what Satan is saying? He's starving. He's hungry. He's fasted 40 days. Turn these stones into bread. Or are you going to believe what God has said? The same thing happened in the Garden of Eden. The sin was not in eating fruit from the tree of the good and evil. The sin was that they stopped believing what God had to say and started believing in what this talking snake had to say. They started believing in their own wisdom, their own philosophy, their own feeling about their set of circumstances and situations. They believed in what they thought was best for them instead of what was best for them. They leaned on their own understanding. What does Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 say? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead not unto thine own understanding. The way that Satan tempted Jesus is exactly the same way that he tempts you and I. And that is the way not to trust in what God has said to us through his word. Don't trust in the word of God. Don't trust in the promises of God. Don't trust in the guiding of God. Don't trust in the leading of God. But lean onto your own understanding. What you feel is right. That's how Satan does his work. When we deal with any sin, I believe that we go about it from the wrong perspective. We deal with it from the viewpoint of how it's wrong, how it affects us how it affects our family, how we might get this or that, how it affects those around us. Homosexuality is one of those things that we deal with from the wrong perspective. Do you understand what is really wrong about homosexuality? It's the fact that from the beginning God said it's not good for man to be alone and that he would make him a helpmate and that helpmate would be a woman. That's where the sin is, when you don't believe what God has told you. It's about man and woman. 
The sin of sexual homosexuality is not about what you do, not about how you act, not about what you think, or not about your preferences. The sin of homosexuality is about you overriding, you denying, you coming to the place, and you refusing to accept what God has ordained concerning marriage. And the same thing is wrong with every concept of life, where you have refused to adhere to the Word of God and have walked according to what you want to do instead of what God has commanded you to do. And this all funnels back to your relationship with God. In every area, not believing in what God has told you. And this is how the Holy Ghost is going to reprove the world of sin, based upon relationship and not based upon individual sin. It's based upon the best that God has for you the best that God has for you. What a powerful word. What a powerful word. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you and praise you today. Thank you, Lord, for your word, and thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the midst of your children. I give you all the praise and all the glory, and they will give you all the praise and all the glory, thanking you in advance for what you're doing. This is D.K. Grooms with Rock Solid Truth. Go with God, and he will surely go with you. Amen. I would also like to tell everybody that uh, our Sunday nights are at 6 o'clock, and we also have Wednesday nights at 6 o'clock as well for anybody that wants to be on the broadcast. Amen? All right, church, praise the Lamb of God. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. God bless everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night, everyone. God be with us all that we might do his will. Amen.